Welcome to Geek Mythos, a podcast for topics that make us geek out. From science news to movie reviews and everything in between. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Mythos Geek. I'm Rick. I'm Gilbert. And I'm Diana. Welcome to episode eight. We are one with the Force, and the Force is with us. Now that everyone's had a chance to digest the events of Episode 9 and The Mandalorian, we're going to go ahead and discuss a couple of key plot points and maybe fill in some gaps to help you better understand the conclusions to both the Skywalker saga and Season 1 of Disney Plus's flagship show, The Mandalorian. But first, our opening segment, This Week I Learned. So my twill was, uh, we all know that the Morbius trailer dropped on Monday, right? And uh, had some is- interesting Easter eggs that hinted something much more sinister. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it it kind of hinted at uh, Sinister 6. Um, so for those of you that don't know what that is or who that is or, you know, um, some backstory is... That it was created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko, and it's basically a big band of superheroes, you know, teaming up to beat up on little Peter Parker. <laughs> superheroes or villains? Oh, super villains. My bad. Oh. Um, their first appearance was in the Amazing Spider-Man Annual Number One, which appeared in January 1964. And uh, do you guys know what an annual is in comics? No. Hit me. Okay, so an annual is basically a double-sized issue, which is, like, bigger than normal, right? And it costs a little bit more, but it has, like, an Avengers-level threat for the hero. So, like, you know, Sinister Six, like, they're really tough, you know, for just uh, Spider-Man, so. (laughs) Yeah, because it was, like, a super team of villains, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the super villain team was uh, the original one, was uh, composed of the leader, which was Doc Ock, who recruited Electro, Sandman, Mysterio, Vulture, and an oddly demonic Hobgoblin. Oh, <laughs> oh that's, that's oh weird. interesting. Okay, yeah, that yeah. is that is not the Sinister Six that I remember because I think my first exposure to that Sinister Six was the animated series. Yeah, yeah, which I think was Doctor Octopus, Mysterio. Rhino, uh, Vulture, Shocker, Craven? and the Scorpion. Craven didn't come out on that one? I don't think so. Not to my oh, recollection. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, the Easter egg that I'm talking about is, you know, Michael Keenan at the end of the <laughs> trailer, who uh, is reprising his role as Adrian Toomes, you know, the Vulture. Yep. Mm-hmm. He came out in... Uh, the first Spider-Man and the second one, or he did. He, I don't think he came out in the second one. No, 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 he didn't. But he came out in the first one, and he hinted at the end with Scorpion in the jail. Remember? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, in the trailer, we see him at the end. Um, he's wearing like the white jumpsuit that he was in the first movie. So we don't know if he got broken out of prison or what. Um. So that's the first Easter egg. Um. We all know that uh, the Morbius is set in the Venom verse. Right. So and possibly the MCU, you know, because of the Sam Raisi, Sam Raimi version of Spider-Man, uh, Tobey Maguire, that was vandalized as murder in the back of the picture. Did you see that? Yeah. So, yeah. So as Dr. Morbius is walking through an alley, there's an image of Spider-Man on the wall and somebody has graffitied murderer all over that image. Right. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they, they use the wrong suit. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the PlayStation. It's the PlayStation. Yeah, it was the PlayStation, suit. but it was Sam Raimi's, uh, the, was it, what's his name? Tobey Maguire's outfit. Yeah. Oh, okay. And of course, the murderer thing is alluding to the fact that Mysterio, Mysterio. framed Peter Parker for the London attack. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. At the end, uh, J.K. Simmons came out. Correct. And he was calling him whatever he usually does. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, So I have a theory on who we're going to see. Right. Oh. Okay. So so my theory 
Um, we, we know that Sony's been trying to do the Sinister Six since what Andrew Garfield, and um, you remember that where they're hinting the the suits and everything at Oscorp, mm-hmm. or you remember that mm-hmm. post credit scene? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, the rumor is that I've been reading around that Sony wants um, this next Spider-Man, the twenty twenty one one, to be against the Sinister Six. So it's a rumor. I mean, it's not. You know, you take take it for what it is, right? A rumor. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> but um, for how how I think it's going to tie into Morbius and Venom too is, um, Jared Harris's character, the guy from Chernobyl or whatever. Oh yes, yes. Uh, him, uh, he was in the Morbius trailer. So uh, he's he's on IMDb and everything, but we don't know his character's name. It's un you know it's unlisted or whatever. So uh, you know, stay with me. What if he is Otto Octavius? Oh, yeah. he would be a great Doc Ock. Doc Ock. Yeah, Doc Ock. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> so uh, my my theory is like maybe he gets injured in like a past MCU event. You know how everyone ends up hating heroes. You know the Battle yeah. of New York or Sokovia, or even Prague. <laughs> like the Ferris wheel just fell on him or something. Yeah. <laughs> um. So he he creates the arms to kind of help him, you know, with everyday things with the neural link. Then you know how his Doc Ock story goes, he goes crazy because of the arms. <laughs> um so from the Morbius trailer, we know that uh Morbius is actually trying to heal himself, you know, with the disease. Yeah. From the disease, right? Mm-hmm. And um so uh, what I'm thinking is in this movie that Doc Ock and or, you know, maybe Doc Ock and Morbius is gonna have a connection uh, to help find other uh, f- people who were affected by events where heroes were involved, right? Which is, mm-hmm. I think, a reoccurring theme, more or less, yeah. with uh, um, the movies. Mm-hmm. But um, I think they're just sticking to what sells. So, um, okay, so who else can they reach out to? Uh, the baddies that we have in the Spider-Verse or in the universe or whatever. Um, Carnage is coming up in Venom too, right? Yeah. We can, uh, he can potentially show up in this movie. We don't know yet. Maybe a cameo. Um, we already saw the vulture in the scorpion from the first um, Spider-Man. And then uh, hopefully we'll get to see, hopefully we'll get to see Craven the Hunter. Who's like on the hunt for Peter Parker, right? Because we all know his name now. Um, oh, that's right. And this one's kind of like a pretty, pretty hard stretch. But, like, the only other person who has, like, a lot of history with Peter Parker is Flash Thompson. So what if, <laughs> what if we see a young Flash Thompson be a Green Goblin? No, like, you lost. You, like, you can't, you, maybe you kind of no. lost me there. That's a, but that's he's a. rich and I know it's a lot to, like, you know, to bring up or whatever, like, to, to, to build. But uh, Sony usually, like, sticks their foot in their mouth and mess it up sometimes, you know? So I could see them doing that. Uh, like we know, his his family's dysfunctional. Like he was texting his mom in the latest movie. And, you know, like they they were at the airport. He was all emo and like the cut uh, the the deleted scenes. Um, we know he comes from a rich family, so we don't have like Harry Osborn, right? So what if Flash Thompson is he gets like steps into that role? Hmm. <clears throat> and so uh, all these people would have. Uh, Scars from heroes events or whatever. I mean, Flash Thompson did get like knocked out <laughs> by Peter Parker. His car lab. got stolen by Spider Man <laughs> on prom night. Yeah, you remember all that. So you know, I mean, it could. I mean, he could be a baddie. You never know. I mean, I I, I couldn't think of any anything else or anyone else that has been interest introduced. Maybe, um, what's his name? The Shocker. Yeah, I'm the yeah. Shocker. I'm the Shocker. Maybe him, but was. We'll, I don't know. Um, he ended up in jail with Tombs, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're all there. So he can be in it, too. Yeah. Let's it's see. possible. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it'll probably get them all together to ban against, you know, jump Spider-Man and beat him up. Um, the other thing that people are talking about around the interwebs, eh, eh, interwebs, <laughs> um, is the is of course the picture of Spider-Man in the back, <clears throat> but people are kind of like loosely tying it to the MCU, but not really. 
because th- you know they, they don't. I think you know, you're say it. I, I think that there's another key piece here that you're maybe that maybe might throw a wrench into your theory here, um, Gilbert. Is don't forget that there is a character that we have seen hunt the vampire that is Morbius. Oh, that's and true. The bad, what's that? He's the bad guy in the movie, no? Oh, yeah, you mean you're talking no, about No, no, no. I'm talking about Blade. Yeah. And Blade well, is already confirmed. We're going to get a Blade movie. So Yeah, but you think you think they're going to share Blade? I mean, when they really didn't want to share Spider-Man? I don't think they are. It's owned by Disney now. So <laughs> uh, no, I, I hear you. Olive but, branch, <laughs> but but uh, but you know what I mean. Like, okay, well, I, I don't know how you can have a vampire in in this universe and not try and if if they don't merge at some point, if Blade mm-hmm. doesn't meet Morbius at some point, that's going to be. I think that is a huge miss opportunity, and so yeah, we. It would be. Yeah, so I mean, we'll see. I, I think that th- these are these are some pretty <laughs> some of these some of these parts of these of your theory are, are kind of a stretch, but there are there's a lot of sound there's a lot of sound logic here to 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 tie this whole sort of mini spider cinematic universe together. Yeah, and, and another thing I was reading is um, earlier we were talking. You were talking about the the. Spider Verse, right into mm-hmm. the Spider Verse. Yeah, how I sent you that that Instagram message or a video of how they're possibly doing all three Spider Mans in one universe or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So um, apparently, I, I read that Sony's doing a Madam Web. I don't know if you remember her from the cartoon. Oh yeah, yeah. She like mentors. Yeah. yeah so Spider-Man. like, Sony, yeah. Sony's not allowed to use the quantum realm, but Madam Web throws him through dimensions, kind of like a Doctor Strange, you know sorcerer type thing so um so that could be a potential way like our villains can be in one universe or earth whatever right and then have madam webb bring in all spider-man to you know take care of it that's pretty interesting yeah because the because of that madam webb that'd probably be the only way they could actually do that in real life (laughs) like an older toby Maguire, you know yeah well yeah, it sounds like Sony's got a, a a blank canvas, and hopefully they don't. I mean, it seems like when the way they're tying these things together, that they've kind of taken a few notes from from the MCU and what Marvel Studios has done. Yeah. I just I just hope they don't fumble this um, because they've got a really good thing going here. Yeah, they have a good Spider Man too, so it's like they mess it up, man. Yep, exactly. <laughs> okay, well that's that's my twill. Well, this week I learned, I actually have a question for you all. Shoot. Do microwaves interfere with Wi-Fi signals? With pacemakers, yes. (laughs) Well, (laughs) if you've ever experienced lag when loading websites using your cell phone, whilst you microwave, enter electromagnetic radiation. So it's it surrounds us at all times, right? We're surrounded by it. Like the force. And yeah, like the force, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> and there's, you know, some things that work on air like phones, TV remotes, Wi-Fi's, and you guessed it, microwave ovens. So it's dependent on its frequency. So there's uh, high energies like X-rays and gamma rays, while there's radio and microwaves that are on the other side of the spectrum with lower frequencies. Both Wi-Fi routers and microwaves emit electromagnetic rays to operate. Microwave ovens emit, well, microwaves, to heat up your food, while Wi-Fi routers emit radio waves. So do they interfere with each other? Yes, they do. Microwaves and radio waves are on the same, are kind of the same physically in essence. Um, They're both electromagnetic radiation. So picture the perfect storm. 
you're getting ready to jump onto Twitter to load up the latest Geek Mythos podcast whilst nuking some leftover Thai food, and bam, your internet freezes. Reason being, you know, both of these Wi-Fi and microwave ovens operate on the same frequency, which is 2.4 gigahertz. So in a perfect world, a well-shielded microwave oven shouldn't let microwaves escape from within its metallic boundaries. It should probably not interfere, but we kind of don't live in a perfect world. (laughs) So there's other items that can cause similar interference. Electromagnetic blankets, electric bug zappers, and toaster ovens. So all these issues, right? with electromagnetic waves and stuff like that. So how do you solve this problem? Well, there's a few ways. You can either upgrade your Wi-Fi equipment that works on a five gigahertz band. It'll not only prevent interference, but it'll also give you better Wi-Fi. Or you can just move your router far away from your microwave oven and put as many barriers like walls between the two. So yeah, if you've ever experienced lag, while microwaving your dinner or anything and you're playing Halo and you start lagging, that's probably why. Oh. Yeah. That's good twill, man. That's yeah. good. Okay, so this week I learned that while some people are doing these decade challenges and finding pictures of themselves 10 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, coming into 2020 – there's actually something that is a little more substantial you can do to kind of take a look at yourself from 10 years ago. So you can actually use Google's servers to kind of figure out exactly what you were thinking and what you were into 10 years ago. What? Yeah. So this is kind of a a double sort of a this week I learned slash pro tip. So – if you sign into your oldest, longest running Gmail account. Okay. So I created mine. I, I can't even tell you when. I think 2009 or 2008. I don't even know when mine was. Yeah. So if you log in mm-hmm. and then go to myactivity.google.com, you can actually see all of your searches and what images you've opened up. I mean, it gets... It gets a little bit creepy because <laughs> Google has <laughs> all Google has all this information on you, right? But what if you cl- you've cleared your history before? Does it? This does not. This yeah, is not. Matter. This <gasps> is not on your history. So if you have a rest, if if you lost a recipe from eight years ago, and you you said, "Oh man, I, I had this recipe, and I found it on Google this one time, like eight years ago, and I don't remember what it was. I don't remember where it was, and I can't find it anymore." Go to my activity google.com and from there you can actually use the filter function to sort by year so you can go all the way back as far back as your google account goes Uh and say you want to set it to 2010 right that's a decade ago you can actually see all of your google searches and all of your images that you clicked i don't know if i want to see that (laughs) (laughs) that's fair my my 10 years ago mind i don't know (laughs) right exactly exactly so you can kind of get a glimpse of what you were of your mind from 10 years ago you can kind of go through and and see i mean there's this kind of creepy factor to it but then there's a whole other level of nostalgia to it too right like oh man i remember i was real super into like building my own lightsaber <laughs> back in 2010 or you know what I mean? Or I was super into, I, I told now I remember I totally wanted to build my own drone or I totally wanted to do this, you know, X, Y, and Z thing. Um, and so it, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of freaky seeing all of your, all of your activity on Google server, uh, admittedly, but go give it a try. And, and if you find something super cool, go ahead and throw it on our Twitter at mythos geek and let us know what you're most nostalgic about on your uh, Google timeline. I'd totally be interested in seeing yours, Gilbert. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Does incognito mode work? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, a, a that's a great, great question. That's a, that's a great question. I don't know if uh, I don't know if the Google servers track your incognito movements. I don't know, um, man. 
I hope they don't. <laughs> but that would be interesting. That would be interesting to see. So that's that's this week I learned uh, from the team here. And after a word from our sponsors, uh, we're going to go ahead and dive right into the, all the everything Star Wars here and, and see if we can't uh, give you a, a good sort of a Star Wars wrap up. Okay, welcome back. So, of course, we had two finales um, in the Star Wars universe recently. We had, of course, the conclusion to the Skywalker saga with Episode Nine, and of course, the um, conclusion to Season One of the amazing show that is The Mandalorian on Disney Plus. Mando. And so we'll we'll go ahead and start with episode nine and dig into what the ending of this saga means. So I just want to say I was right. <laughs> I think we were all right. Well, yeah, I think we all had a little we all had a little bit of a we all had a little bit of a I think we were close. A, a collective we were right. <laughs> there you go. Ish. Right ish. Right ish. Close. Yeah. Close enough. Close enough. So yeah, I mean, some of the some of the some of the scores that that this movie got, I think. Gilbert, do you know what those Rotten Tomato scores were? I just closed it, but it was I think fifty three percent was uh, rotten, and like eighty two eighty three were the audience score, the fan score. score. Well. Yeah. yeah, that makes a lot of sense too because uh, episode nine. By the way, at this point. We're gonna there are we're gonna be discussing a lot of spoilers here for both episode nine and the Mandalorian. So if you haven't seen either of those You which, have been warned. Which I don't know if you spoilers I don't know why you've been listening to us if you haven't. Um <laughs> but you have been warned. So if you don't if you wanna stay spoiler free, at this point I don't know how you have been able to do that. Um then go <laughs> ahead and you, you may wanna come you may wanna come back and, and revisit this episode. Um go back once, under your rock. Yeah, <laughs> once you have watched those uh, those two things, so um, yeah, uh, uh, one of the big one of the big criticisms of the movie was that it was a lot of fan service and it was placating a lot to the fans. But as a fan, I loved it. I really don't care that it was fan. <laughs> it was all fan service. I love get you know give me all the fan service. I paid money to see this. Right, give me what yeah. I want to see. Right, exactly. They gave, they gave Abrams what one movie just to fix what. Uh, What's his What's his name? Did in the second one? Yeah. 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 So it's so, like, uh, I mean, he had to do it. <laughs> yeah. He. I mean, they they got painted into a little bit of a corner there, from what they didn't or what they didn't do in episode eight, really. Um, yeah. But I I loved it. I mean, seeing a whole. I mean, if if the if the ultimate goal was leaving me wanting more, I think they accomplished that because as a whole. What looked like a whole Sith army at the end of that movie, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I was just like, "Yes, yes, <laughs> give it to me! This is so awesome, <laughs> right?" And it's like one of these things where people are a little bit sort of confused as to how Palpatine's still alive. Remember, Vader just chucked him into that into <laughs> that void into yeah. the Death Star, right? Into this like exhaust sort of void but it and that was in episode six but in episode five we actually see luke that happens to luke also on cloud city he gets he falls into this void and then he gets like he he like manages to get his way into a little vent mm-hmm. onto yeah. an antenna and then he, he lands on the antenna he holds on before yeah. chewie goes and rescues him on the millennium falcon right so and that's because that's luke, yeah mm-hmm. and that's because luke at that point don't get me wrong, he's been training as a Jedi, but he's no Sith Lord, right? He's no right? Palpatine. So, right, he's not Palpatine, exactly. And so it stands to reason that when Vader chucked him into that void, that he very easily could have just saved himself before the Death Star blew up. Yeah. Remember, they had this whole monologue between Vader and Luke and let me see you with my own eyes for the first time, et cetera, et cetera, right? So that whole time, you think about the clocks running on that whole time. Mm-hmm. That whole time, Palpatine could just be like, "Okay, he he got he got out into another side vent, got into a shuttle, and got out of the Death Star before it blew up." Unbeknownst to everybody. Yep. Completely possible. Yeah, I, I can see it. So yeah, I mean, 
this movie also left a lot of a lot of plot holes. I mean, not necessarily plot holes, but unanswered questions and loose ends. Like, where did Ray get the Kyber crystal? I heard that, or I read that she force healed the lightsaber from the last movie. See, that's the other I have, thing. I have no idea, but yeah, that's what I've what I've read, and I've you know what people have been saying. That begs another question, though, right? Like. The lightsaber that got destroyed in episode eight mm-hmm. is the same lightsaber that they used the whole movie in episode nine. Yeah, mm-hmm. they kind of had to. So she force healed that lightsaber is what mm-hmm. you're saying. The kyber crystal and the actual saber itself. Okay. I mean, the force is like, well, it, it's. I don't think it's just organic, right? Because, I mean, metals from the earth, from, you know, there's yeah, energy yeah. moving through everything. So, I mean, I don't see why they would argue like she couldn't that's true but then where did she get the yellow kyber crystal for her saber at the end for the last one she um i think she completes her jedi training because she was training with uh with leia but then she didn't get that far you know because she's yeah. using the other lightsabers and the mm-hmm. end is to make your own lightsaber yeah right and so I'm pretty sure she was able to finish that at some Jedi temple or something where there was still kyber crystals not in the was it a, what were they doing in Rogue One? Oh for the for the Death Star? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Were and apparently the for a bunch of capital ships that had mini Death Star Bazookas. cannons on them. Yeah. Yeah, the kyber crystal. Right. And actually they they kind of did allude that they did kind of allude to that step in technology, right? Because in episode 8 they use that miniaturized Death Star tech, and I'm quoting, to blow the door open on that salt fort that they oh, had. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. It was like and a battering force beam or something. Right, exactly. That they that they brought onto the planet. So yeah. Oh, that's true. The one thing they came out the one good thing they came continuity they came out of episode eight, uh, in that regard. But but uh yeah, so this is actually the that was actually the first time we've ever seen um what is i think referred to as the guardian um style or the guardian um crystal which is mm-hmm. the yellow lightsaber oh that's in right. actual films mm-hmm. yeah so yeah so so there are different uh, the, the colors the colors of the lightsabers aren't aren't sort of random like they actually they actually have a, a meaning attached to them so like the the blue ones for the most part are uh like a more balanced um crystal okay then the the purple one which is the only one that we've seen in films is mace windu, mace windu. Mm-hmm. is uh is one of uh that helps channel more um power this mace windu for the most part in the canon is one of the most if not one of like the most powerful jedi as far as power is concerned mm-hmm. yeah and the green sabers always always um i think reflected like Jedi that were more in tune with the force and wisdom. Okay. That's why Master Yoda's was green also. Yeah. And then yeah. the yellow ones were more of like the guardian, guardians of the force. Okay. Um, which is the first one that we see now with uh, Ray. Which is uh, fitting. Which is interesting. Yeah. Is it, yeah, interesting choice. I think that, again, that was a little bit more, probably a little bit more fan service than. Yeah. But I'll take it, right? I'll, I, yeah. I'll 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 eat that that stuff up all all, all day long. So, num 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 num. <laughs> I really really enjoyed the the fight scenes in the movie. Oh yeah. The, oh the, man. The lightning. Yes. Not only that, the, even the, like the the fight uh, between uh, Kylo Ren and Rey. Oh, oh yeah. man, that was so good. And then at the end, when you know he he kind of comes to her aid. Well, they come to each other's aid, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So good. It was just it, that again was probably you know my favorite part of the entire movie was just all of these action sequences on these you know beautiful sets. Pretty much was my favorite part in the entire movie. Yeah, I think my favorite fight was the the one on the broken Death Star. Yes. When he gets shanked <laughs> on that water planet. What was it? No, it was on. Um... It wasn't, it was, isn't it Endor? Was it Endor? Yeah, I'm I think not it sure. Endor. I think it is. Yeah. I want to say it's Endor. We have to double check the, the, 
have to double check the holocron here or the <laughs> the Jedi um, files here to figure that out. But I, you, you may be right. All right. Um, so all in all, I think it was a great movie. I think um, Rotten Tomatoes and critics often give movies like this um, a really stern and you know through the microscope kind of uh, criticism but mm-hmm. you know the fans loved it obviously they gave it a yeah. pretty decent rating um, I don't know if it was one of the highest rating uh, Star Wars movie or I don't know where it fits within no, the ratings of ratings of Star Wars movies as far as Rotten Tomatoes is concerned but I really, really enjoyed it, and I really look forward to seeing what they have in store for Star Wars in our future. Because Christmas won't be the same without Star Wars, so yeah. we need a we need a our Star Wars fix every Christmas. At least I do, and you know, I know that Disney Plus has some pretty good stuff lined up as far as Star Wars is concerned to kind of um, keep my. My wanting of Star Wars at bay, but there's nothing like seeing it on the big screen, you know, every Christmas with my popcorn and soda and pickle. Yeah. So, so the, the archives say <laughs> secretly con- uh, constructed in orbit around the forest moon of Endor. Oh, okay. Boom. No, no. That's ex- I, I, that, that's that wasn't into con- into question. The question is. Yeah, but they were on Endor. That's where all the that's where all the debris was. Yeah. When they Where blew else it is up. it going to fall? Yeah, it's in orbit of the planet. It's going to fall to the planet. But, but that was the Death Star one that they were fighting. No, on. Death Star two. Death Star two was larger. Um, let me see. Yeah, no, it just says Death Star two was was uh was built around the Force Moon of Endor. In orbit. Right, because the first one was was built it was around right in the middle. Yeah, and then they 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 brought it into Yavin. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. Okay. Boom. Looking awesome. for this. Uh, the I I read that they they kind of had to throw some money at Harrison Ford to get him back <laughs> because uh, he had already said he was out of it, right? But um. Well, they killed they, him I mean, off. They, they needed, yeah, but they needed someone to come back for that point with uh, Kylo Ren on in that battle on. Oh uh, yeah. Well, you know, it was worth it. I really enjoyed yeah. seeing him on the screen again too. So, yeah, he doesn't even acknowledge like he uh, he does the same, you know, Harrison. No, not Harrison Ford. Um, what's his name? Antolo. Antolo, uh, the line. Yeah. That I know. He's like, yeah. Dad, I know. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, yeah. so good. So moving on to The Mandalorian season yes. one. Man, was it a good one. It's great. I think one of the episodes, speaking of ratings, actually got like a hundred percent fresh tomato. Didn't oh yeah, it? it was the it was the finale, and that was directed by Taika Waititi. Yep, and I think From, that is gonna that's kind of springboarding him now. Rumors are saying that yep. Taika is gonna be at the helm of a new Star Wars project. So nice. Yeah, I read that too. He's great. <clears throat> So I mean, yeah, I mean, th- and and really, really, that's how you that's how you write up and execute a finale. I yeah. Think. Oh yeah. I, great. Yeah, I think Game of Thrones producer guys should take <laughs> take a few notes probably here. Well, yes, I'm, I'm still salty. You're, you're still very salty about that, aren't you? Yeah, I'm just glad just, they're not doing Star Wars. Yeah, I know. Um, I think overall, there. like, The Mandalorian was also just so visually appealing. Everything mm-hmm. from the practical effects that John Favreau threw in there to calling in, you know, everyday stormtroopers that we have around with a, it's a five hundred one. Oh, the five hundred one. Yeah. 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 So they didn't have enough. They didn't have enough uniforms mm-hmm. to film the last two episodes where they have our protagonists pinned in that little cantina. Yeah. So they actually called in the local 501st, which to the uninitiated is a fan based organization of people that all wear Imperial stormtrooper, Imperial officer costumes. And they're, they're the most legit costumes you've ever seen in your life. These are like yeah. production quality costumes. And most so, of them are like homemade. And- yeah. And so – um, when John Favreau realized that he, they didn't have enough costumes to cover that scene, 
they actually called upon the local 501st and they actually filled in. They, those were actually fans in that in those last two episodes filling in the roles of those stormtroopers outside that cantina. So amazing job that they did with that. Um, and and then all the guest actors that they had in the entire series. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Ming-Na Wen. Yeah. Right? Who, yeah. Agent May. Agent May from, from S.H.I.E.L.D. Who, or, you know, Mulan. Or, you know, the original Mulan. Yeah. Um, who is still alive. Right? Yeah, because, for all yeah. we know. For all we know. And there's, a, if you haven't seen it, I think it was Nerdist. Uh, it may have been Nerdist. I don't want to give another podcast too much credit. Not like they need it or anything. They're, they're a pretty huge podcast. But they had this breakdown on, on this theory that, because we never really see, right? So Ming-Na Wen's character is kind of left for dead in the desert. And then you see these pair of boots show up. Spurs. And you hear spurs, spurs right? And then you hear like this little like broadcasty sound. And somebody went back and they kind of compared that noise to the noises they that have been previously associated with one Boba Fett. Yep. Oh. Boba Fett is the only one in the universe that we've ever heard make a spurs kind of sound with his boot mm-hmm. and make this little like broadcasty noise with his helmet. And if you kind of isolate some of the sound from that episode in The Mandalorian, you hear both of those things. Oh, man. If you recall, in Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. Boba Fett, quote, dies when he falls into the Sarlacc pit. pit. Yeah. Right? Yeah, pit. And only one of his little boosters had been destroyed. So it's very possible that he maybe could have escaped that Sarlacc pit. Yeah. I don't see why not. Because when is... Uh, well, th- I know that this storyline, is it independent from the movies or is, no, no, is this it is, between the movies? The Mandalorian takes place after the fall of the Empire. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So Before the First Order is created, right? Before mm-hmm. the First Order is created. Yeah. So in between the two. Okay. Okay. So between episode six and episode seven. Got it. Yep. And the, the, the finale was, was fantastic on so many levels. I mean, you get to see a TIE fighter. Somebody boarding a tie. I mean, he boarded a tie fighter. Mm-hmm. A tie fighter. Reminded right? of Halo, dude. I was totally, I totally geeking out over that whole scene. And it, it had they ended it two minutes before they actually ended it, I would have been super happy, right? Then the very end, right? They they show the downed tie fighter. The Jawas are 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 scrapping it already scrapping it up already right that's the imperial good good right that's mm-hmm. that that's that um uh oh, Cor- corellian parts corellian engineering right because mm-hmm. all that stuff came from corellia yeah, yeah which is han's home planet mm-hmm. <clears throat> and moff gideon pries his way out of this tie fighter with none other than the dark saber what is a dark saber so the Darksaber is like an ancient and unique. I think there's only one. It's unique. It's a black bladed lightsaber that was created. by. Now I'm going to get a little bit into, into the weeds here on this Darksaber thing, but I think it's very important to kind of get a feel for, because if you follow the story of the Darksaber, it actually gives you more context to the history of Mandalore and Mandalorians. Okay. Which, of course, on this show is important and Mm -hmm. relevant, right? So it's this unique black-bladed lightsaber created by Tar Vizsla, who is the first Mandalorian ever inducted into the Jedi Order. What? Prior to 1019 BBY. Now that that year is BBY. That's the way they measure the, the timeline in the Star Wars universe. BBY stands for Before the Battle of Yavin. When the first Death Star was destroyed. Before Baby Yoda. Yeah. Not, <laughs> definitely not before Baby Yoda. <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, before Baby Yoda. <laughs> no, this is before the Battle of Yavin. And so the once so so the weapon was kept in the Jedi Temple after Tar Vizsla's death. Uh, but then some members of the House of Vizsla reclaimed it and they stole it back in a conflict with the Jedi during the fall of the Old Republic. You remember that the that the Mandalorian that 
was forging all of the armor on the show mm-hmm. referred to this conflict. She said this was there were there were sorcerers that called themselves Jedi that our kind were you know once battled. She makes I'm paraphrasing here, but she makes a reference to this battle. Okay, and so the dark was then after it was reclaimed from the Jedi Temple. The dark was then passed down generation to generation. To, and it ended up in the hands of a person named Pre Vizsla, who held onto the weapon and kind of used it um, in in this civil war that took place on Mandalore between people that wanted to be sort of a, a, a more peaceful and pacifist people and these other Mandalorians that wanted to, to kind of hold their place as some of the greatest warriors in the universe. And so that that conflict in, in, in on Mandalore um, ended up leading to a coup, and Darth Maul, who spoiler survives Episode One, if in case you, you weren't aware. What? Um, yeah. So yeah. he gets cut Taking in half. In, um... He gets cut in half. Okay. And he falls down one of these voids again. Yeah. I guess. This, <laughs> I guess. I guess it's a little easier to escape some of these voids than we expected because. Darth Maul <laughs> fell down one of these voids too, right? Just like we're talking with Palpatine yeah. and Luke, and he ends up surviving also. And he, he ends was up in be- solo, right? Like his whole, yeah, his whole bottom half ends up being cybernetic, much yeah. like much like Anakin's limbs, right? Uh, and he, long story short, Darth Maul ends up holding on to this dark saber for uh, quite some time, um, and and which point uh, when when he ends up. Falling, I think, on Dathomir, his home planet. That's where that's where Darth Maul is from. Uh, that planet, that whole race of people, is uh, run by a matriarch, meaning the women are in charge. Mm-hmm. The women run that whole planet, and the men are sort of subservient to the women on that planet. Okay. Now, um, at some point, Darth Maul falls on the planet of Dathomir, and that's where that dark saber resides. And at some point, Sabine Wren from Rebels. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. She ends up reclaiming. She ends up claiming the dark saber. She trains with it with under the tutelage of Jedi Knight Kanan Jarrus. Okay. Okay. And so she owns it for a while, and she uses it, and she becomes. She actually wins this battle um, to support a rebellion from her family, and so she becomes kind of the rightful wielder of the dark saber um after defeating viceroy gar saxon in a duel okay Hmm. now after all that stuff happens she kind of passes it on to this person named bo katan cries who she sort of deemed to be the rightful person to lead the mandalorians against the empire oh so sabine wren is a mandalorian Mm-hmm. Okay, she uh, maybe I left that part out. So she is a Mandalorian. Okay. Okay. So she she sort of passes this dark saber on to this other person who she thinks is going to lead her people against the Empire. Okay. Okay. That's the last time we see it until now. Yeah. So this Something person happen, was right? so, so this person had the dark saber and was was leading a re, was leading a, a resistance against the Empire. And we know the Mandalorian. And now still. the next time we see it, it's in the hands of the Empire. Yep. Oh. Someone man. got murked. In the hands of Grand Moff Gideon. Wow. Yeah, they'll probably show it in the cartoons. No, isn't the was it Rebels coming back? Is yeah. it? I I, I was I unaware so. of that. So so this this whole battle of of this lightsaber has this lightsaber has its own Story sort of line. this dark saber has its own story of its own right. It's mm-hmm. almost like a life of it's almost like the One Ring right. It, it almost wants to be found. Yeah. Right. But at the moment, it, 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 it's one of those it's one of those things where this is this legendary this weapon of of, of legend. That was meant to help Mandalorians against the Empire in the final battle of the of the Mandalorian show is in the hands of the Empire for all intents and purposes. Whoa! So, dun, dun, dun. I mean, I don't know how you, I don't know how more perfect of a of a finale you can get out of the Mandalorian than than the dark saber because I mean me and Diana were watching and I literally jumped out of my seat when Moff, when Moff Gideon true story wielded that dark saber to, to to free himself from that TIE fighter. This Picture is like a didn't happen. huge deal. <laughs> huge deal. Well not so, only that, okay, you know, I don't know if this is gonna be great to follow up what you just the epic story you just told us. <laughs> but not only that 
But even we get to see stormtroopers having a conversation and then <laughs> falling into the whole stereotype of trying to shoot a can and yeah. missing from yeah. like a few feet away. And but then they both they both miss so bad and they, they don't even acknowledge how bad they are. The other one, the other one is. They just yeah. keep trying, dude. Yeah. Those scout troopers were hilarious. Not only that, yeah. but then you have and then you have, you know, the backlash that they got when, you know, the youngling, youngling uh, abuse when they <laughs> punched the bag with baby Yoda in it. He did bite him. Uh, yeah, but it's a baby. Well, a 50-year-old baby. A 50-year-old in a yeah. baby's body. Reminds like, me of, was it Zombieland? It's like, I've never, yeah. I've never hit a kid before. Yeah. <laughs> and Jason Sudeikis, who was, who was the scout trooper, absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Hilarious. So yeah, it was, he did a good job. He was in The Mandalorian. Um, Gina. Gina Carano. Gina Carano was in it. Yep. She'll probably come um, back, no? Yes, probably. Hopefully. I think she's Apollo. a series regular. Giancarlo Esposito, who we played Gus Fring in the uh-huh. Breaking Bad. Yeah, um, he'll come back. Who played Grand Moff Gideon. And then uh, Apollo. I forget his name. I don't know his name. Oh, right, right, right. Billy, no, not, not, not Billy D. Williams. Sorry, that's that's Lando. Um, putting me on the spot here. He played a, he played Apollo in, in the, the Rocky movies. You're right, right. Apollo Creed. Yeah. Uh, he was one of the, the main, I guess, like the... the, the Bookie for the uh, bounty hunters, right? Yeah, their little association for the um, guild. For the guild, sorry. The guild. Um, who else came out in the Mandalorian? Oh, Ming Na. So, so Tika oh, Waititi yeah. played IG. Who? IG eighty eight. Who played yeah. it? Taika. Taika Waititi. Oh, okay. Hey man. Hey, hey man. Cor- oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Carl Weathers yeah. is the is the person that played uh, Apollo Creed and the leader of the guild in the Mandalorian. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, I mean, it was like... Not to mention the Red Viper, right? Oh, yeah. Hello. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well. Mendo. I mean, it was just star-studded and just action-driven. And the storyline, you know, kept me wanting more. The only gripe I have, I only have one single gripe, is that those episodes are way too short. 30 minutes. 30 minutes. I mean, somewhere longer, no? Thirty-five minutes. Okay. <laughs> overall, it was like forty-minute one in there. Overall, it was like four, maybe four and a half hours worth of goodness. Worth of this show. It was just yeah. They have I mean, a certain story to tell, so yeah, well, yeah they, definitely they keep, you know, coming back. The the fantastic part of this thing, you're right, is they, they they didn't they didn't they didn't move away from stuff that worked in the animated series, which a lot of times these movie these live action things will do. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 episode where they go to free the prisoner from this prisoner transport thing was very very Clone Wars, very Rebels animated series kind of thing because it's big production and how you're going to film that. But the Twi'leks that they that they put into that movie, they looked awesome, mm-hmm. which is the brother and sister combination. They looked awesome. I was kind of reminded me of uh, of Thanos. <laughs> yeah, I was a little yeah. bit I was a little bit jarred from Bill Burr being a mercenary just cuz I I listened to that guy's comedy and I've seen him on 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 TV and sh- other shows and stuff. So he doesn't really seem like the Star Wars universe mercenary type, but he did good. But he did all right. He did all right. Yeah, it was it was great. A great great series. I can't wait for see. Does anyone know when season two comes out? Fall twenty twenty. Fall. <gasps> this fall. This fall. Yeah. This oh, fall. So nice. do you guys? Do you guys? So so okay. Let's do this. Do you guys have any idea, or do you guys have one guess as to as to something that we're going to see on the next on the next season? Oh, because that's a good one. So. On the Quick recap on on Baby Yoda, right mm-hmm. on the child, um, is that he he is a foundling, mm-hmm. right? And so he's a foundling. <laughs> he's a foundling. So that means one of two things: he either gets returned to his people, which from we don't know if he has people. A, yeah. that's true, and B, it was he may be like with the Jedi Order, oh, which yeah. as we just discussed has been a long-standing enemy of Mandalore. And the Mandalorians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or he becomes a Mandalorian himself because Mandalorian is not a race. It's a creed. But are yep. they going to like cut holes in that helmet? That would be so cute. 
Leave his little ears out. Maybe tuck his ears. Back. Yeah, I wouldn't so doubt that, it. So that 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 that's where I'm that's where I'm getting to. Right? Are we going to see a little Yoda species in a little helmet and little armor? Oh, I don't think so. No, I think they'd have to have a big time jump to do that because he ages so slow. Well, mm-hmm. but, but I mean, maybe it's one of these things where like he hits puberty and then like, okay, he's good. Yeah, well, he, he'd hit puberty and then Mando's going to be like 80. No, but, but we don't know that. Like, we don't know. Like, di- like yeah, different species age differently. But what if like that particular species hits a certain age and then like they get to full maturity all at once? Um. I don't think we're we gonna see. Much, I don't think we're gonna no. see like a group jump in in him in like Baby Yoda. I mean, I think maybe he'll be saying a few words, but I, I don't know. I don't think we'll see him in a little Mando suit. I think going along the lines of what you said earlier, I think you know Mando's gonna try and return him to the Jedi because that's the only place he'll be safe, and Mando can finally leave and do his own thing again. Yep. Does he want that though? I'm I don't know. He, he looks like he he. It seems like he's enjoying he's being dead. dead. Yeah. Maybe we'll see him dad bod next <laughs> season two. <laughs> Smoking death sticks and <laughs> drinking. Falling asleep on being, the couch. Being a spice runner, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, drinking, yeah, getting some of that spice in. So what do you think, Gilbert? What's going to happen um, season two? I think it's just going to be filled with them looking for Baby Yoda while the Empire tries to intervene, basically. More I, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to be any different because um, I, I forgot how many seasons... They're, if they're it ain't broke, right? Yeah, they're not, they're not going to break it. They're just going to keep the same Wild West vibe. But um, just I I honestly think they're just going to keep doing the same thing. With I maybe wonder like why a, they want him so bad. I think they just want to like um, eat him. Like the that's a great point. That's I think a they great take point. Out, they want to siphon out the force powers that he has, or figure out his. We don't his really know, so they can clone more force force sensitive people. You know what I mean? Like we know to there's bring cloning. back the Sith. You mean kind of well, thing? Well, no, because By clone. What they're probably yeah. trying to do is trying to maybe build a force user army to help rebuild yeah. the empire, maybe. The, yeah, to build the first order, maybe. Or they just know how powerful they, that that you know that foundling is, and, and that could they be the only thing him. that stands in I the new empire's way. It. So Gilbert thinks think cloning. Clone Rick, what do you think? I think they're they're probably just trying to eradicate the Jedi Order, the force sensitive people, so that. The Empire can rebuild in peace. Mm. And I think they're going to, he's just, he's going to realize that the after, you know, the Empire is like wiping through planet after planet, trying to find this creature. I think he's just going to realize he needs to return him to the Jedi. And that's the safest place. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, I can see that. I can't wait, guys. I can't, I wait. can't wait. So let us know what you think. Where, where, where are they going to take the Mandalorian series? What's next for Mando? What's next for Baby Yoda? Give us any theories you may have on the future of Star Wars in general on our Twitter at Mythos Geek. And where did where where did, did we miss something? What was your favorite part of the wrap of the Skywalker saga and the Mandalorian series? Our intro and outro music was composed by Chris Richardson. We'd like to thank our sponsors and don't forget to share our podcast with your friends. And also, if you can rate us and follow us on Apple Podcasts, that would help out greatly. This was Geek Mythos. I'm Rick. I'm Gilbert. And I'm Diana. 